3: Good evening everyone, welcome to the Friday night forecast. Uh how's everybody doing tonight? Uh hope you're all good and well. Um first things first, a bit of housekeeping. If you could hit the subscribe button uh, to get involved in the chat and hit the like button it would really help us out a lot. And the more likes we get, the more people get involved, the more opinions we get, and the more we got to talk about, it, which is all good. Uh tonight we're joined by Matt who's turning out to be probably the busiest man on Trippers this week. Uh Luke from Part Lane Podcast and Patrick from Back of the Nest.
0: Back of the Nest is correct, Back yes. Back of the Nest. That's the one. Uh,
3: so we've got Spurs, Palace, Liverpool. <laughs> Liverpool. This should be fun. So what we'll do is we'll start off. I mean, the thing is, was looking at the games for this this weekend. And tomorrow, I was saying to the lads off air before we came on, if you're going to go and make an early start in your Christmas shopping, tomorrow's the day <laughs> to go. Tomorrow's the day to turn around <laughs> to your partner and say, do you know what? I really, really care about you. I really think that we should go and see what we can do. I'll take you out and we'll just go and get what we need to get done tomorrow. I promise. Yeah, we'll just sit all day and we'll do whatever. Just leave me alone yeah. on Sunday. <laughs> because tomorrow there's nothing on! But Sunday 12 noon, um, Chelsea-Arsenal, it kicks off and look, we've got vested interest in the games that we've got vested interest in, but as a neutral, that's a tasty game with an awful lot on it. Uh, start with Matt. Um, you looking forward to that one, Matt? Because you'll be up early, early.
1: Oh, yeah. it's 7 o'clock in the morning kickoff for me. So get up nice and early, get a cup of coffee and sit down and hopefully watch these two take slugs out of each other. You know, that's <laughs> fine by me. You know, but a nice, hard-played, hard-fought game where everybody has to run their bollocks off. That's just totally fine by me. But I, I, I'm interested to see what Chelsea's lineup is going to be at the back you know uh Thiago Silva will certainly play you're going to get Cucurella left left side does he go back to Koulibaly or is the is the is the shirt Trebichalapa Chalaba's now going forward sort of thing and i think i think arsenal might have the easiest to predict starting 11 ever yeah. i think pretty much every single person knows exactly who's playing yeah. for arsenal it's their go to and just the last thing i found out a really neat fact you guys have a guess of who's played the third most minutes in the league for chelsea this year
3: Third most.
1: Third most. The most is Thiago Silva with 900. Mason Mount has 885. And the player in question has 872.
3: i take a punt on Ryan Sterling. Sterling, yeah. I would guess the
2: same. No,
1: he's, he's close to that. Luke? Luke, you got a guess?
2: Oh. No. I have no idea. No idea. Yeah. Especially the managerial change. I have no idea.
1: It's It took me by surprise. It's Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Well, wow. Wow.
3: Yeah, never would have guessed that.
1: Never no, because I was I was thinking about him yesterday when we were talking about midfielders that Liverpool could possibly look at at signing in January. And you know, he meant oh. that you know you might be able to I thought ah he's not playing for Chelsea. And I looked at the All stats, right. I was like, Oh look at that. He <laughs> plays pretty much every minute of every game. So that took me by surprise. But yeah, it's uh I, I think it's gonna be a really, really good game.
3: It will be. I mean, the thing is when you look at Look, you look at the way the table is at the minute. Arsenal flying high. I mean, it, it's yeah. got to stick in your craw to say it, but yeah. they're flying high. Their only way really is down from here. Uh, it's just a case of how long can they... How, one, how long can they keep this going? Because Matt's right. They're the easiest 11 to predict because yeah. he has his go-to players for the league and he rotates like crazy in the Cups. And that's worked for him so far. You know, and that's fine. That will get you, that will, that might be enough for them this season. We don't know. But this is a huge test for a number of reasons. And the main reason for me is uh, Pierre-Emerick or Aubameyang. This, This has a lot of spice thrown into this game that normally has it in spades anyway. But you throw Aubameyang into this mix, you know, it's set to explore isn't it it, it really could yeah. it could go right off
2: and, and throw into the mix as well the BT Sport advert have you seen that no I haven't With seen The build it yet, up no. to the game and oh when he's there he's yeah yeah and he's like oh no you know no animosity Arsenal or something like that like yeah it's quite it's quite good actually. Um yeah like I despise both Chelsea and Arsenal right so equal measures rate, I hope uh, so. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Um, Obviously, I hate Arsenal more, but I'm, I'm quite jealous of Matt, actually. Like, seven o'clock game. Wake up, coffee, watch the football. Same like, for no me. Excuse. There's no excuse for, you, like, for and, like, your missus can't say to you, oh, you know, we've got to go out <laughs> and do something. Like, that no, is no, true. No, like, probably still in bed, do you know what I mean? So, no, I think, it, think it's going to be a really good game. Like, I... I agree with you, though. Like, for me, how long can Arsenal stay in this form? How long, you know, for the start of the season, I've been saying, you know, Arsenal doing great. But at some point, the wheels have to come off. At some point, they have to start losing games. But it just doesn't seem to be happening. And it's driving me insane. It's like driving me nuts because I think (laughs) when, you know, at the start, it was Gabriel Jesus scoring all the goals. And then, he, yeah. you know, he st- his goal, goal drops started coming in. He started slowing right. up on the goals. But they are getting goals all over the pitch. And they're solid at the back. You know, it, it is worrying. But, you know, I have said from the very start of the season, like, I am worried about the size of Arsenal's squad. And I was worried that if there were injuries came in to, you know, people like um, Martinelli, Jesus, even like Saliba at the back, then I would worry about Arsenal, how they could, you know, withstand that. But, again, they don't seem to be getting injuries. Yeah, I just – do you know what? It's weird because, like, I don't want a Chelsea win because, uh, obviously, they're yeah, lowest in the league. Yeah. But I don't want an Arsenal win at the same time. I still yeah. don't think a draw is any good either. So, like, any whatever outcome happens <laughs> in this game, like, I'm screwed regardless.
3: Yeah, it's just a case of how, you know, levels are screwed. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. I think an awful lot of this depends on – if you know anyone in work, and how much of a ribbon are you going to take, and yeah. which one is the most gentle of the two? <laughs> but Patrick, um, Luke was saying there about um, Gabriel Jesus. Now at the start of the season, right. he came in, he was on fire. You know, he, he was he was go to in fantasy football. He was big money. Let's you know, let's call it what it was. It was a big money move.
0: Right. But
3: you're signing a potential Brazil number nine, so. Arsenal spent heavy, but I don't. I think Red Steve put it in the chat. There we said this. We all said this about Leicester. They're gonna drop. Arsenal aren't, aren't Leicester. <laughs>
0: never happened, you, Yeah,
3: they're young. You know, they're a young squad, and I think they'll develop. I think if he can keep this core squad together, they'll be a hell of a side over the next five-year cycle. But how do you see it? Because I mean. London boy, you know a lot of uh, your mates would have I'd imagine would have supported Arsenal as well as Spurs and Chelsea, my obvious. So what are the your the people you know around Arsenal telling you?
0: Well, my nephew <laughs> is a massive Arsenal fan. So having said that from South London, so mm. for what it's worth. So there's, listen, um, right now, I don't even know what to say. The only thing I'm gonna I think I point out is that. There is that stat out there now that no side has ever not won the title at this time of the year from being in first, except for Newcastle, that Newcastle even in the 90s. So the chances are they're going to finish first or second, which will surprise me. But Keb make a great point. They've got a very young squad. Um, manager's doing a tremendous job with them. But like Luke said, injuries to me have to happen at some point. They're not a deep squad. What might help them is the World Cup break's coming up in two more weeks. Then you've got two matches then you've got the transfer window opening up so they may they may be able to survive this and and get you know reinforcements I see Tommy got injured he's going to be out for a while uh we haven't seen Zinchenko for a while he's injured um Saka was that was hurt but he's going to be okay so Elneny's back they can come for a so right now they're going to be fine so but I just have to I have to feel that a key injury you just mentioned Jesus has been brilliant all season hasn't scored of late but is playing really well or maybe to Partey or Odegaard, and then they'll be in trouble. But like I just said, they're only going to get through the next two matches, and then two after, two before Christmas, and then they can just go out and buy in the. They can buy players, and you know, in January. So I think, I think they're in it for a long haul. I still think City's going to win the title. I really do, but I think Arsenal will be there with them for the entire season.
3: Yeah. See, the thing is, I don't know how many Arsenal players are going to the World Cup uh, off the top of my head. As Jesus is going, um, Gabriel is probably going. Ramsdale's going. Saka's going. Saka will definitely go. Martinelli. Martinelli, maybe. No, I don't Maybe. Like... Yeah,
1: not sure. Tom, yeah.
0: Tommy, but, Asu, Tommy Asu will go. Yeah. Tommy Asu injured at right. right. Uh, ben White, possibly, possibly. Yeah, it should ben be
3: White. going. I right. think a lot of it, Matt, a lot of it is going to depend on how healthy they come back. Exactly. And how, how many of them play deep into the World Cup because the World Cup finishes then three days later... With the game is the fourth round <laughs> yeah. of the Carabao Cup. It's
0: ridiculous.
1: Yeah. yeah I mean, then, it's, a, it's, it's a pity Thomas Party isn't going to be involved in the late stages of the World Cup because he has practice of doing that, you know, finishing a major tournament, jumping on a plane, and coming back point. and playing poorly for Arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> but
0: he's going, you right. he'll be there, though. Ghana. So, yeah. Yeah, he'll
3: be there with Ghana. But I don't know how, I don't know if Arsenal can spend. Oh, I don't. Okay. The thing is, they they have really invested a lot, and they haven't sold much. So I think they might be limited on what how many they can do, but they might be able to do one. And you got to look at the squad is fairly full, so they might need to have they might need to sell one to bring one in. You don't know. I mean, there was talk of Rob Holding probably going. The thing is, that's the danger for them, isn't it? If they get an injury to a key centre back, Saliba, uh, Gabriel, you're down to Ben White, ben and White. you're down to Rob Holding, aren't Rob you? Rob Holding, yeah. And then so, you see what
2: happened at the latter latter stages of last season, because that's exactly yeah. what happened, wasn't
3: it? Yeah, right. it's, I wouldn't be so much worried about them losing forward players. They have forward players coming out of their ear holes. You still got a Smith role to come back into the squad as back. well, right? So, and. Vieira looks like he's um, bedding into the side. Nice. He's, he looks like he, they're, u- they're using the Europa League games to bed those players in. And i can't, I got to admire the way he's doing it, to be honest. Because <laughs> if, if roles were reversed and we were in his boat doing this, I'd be over the moon. I'd be looking at the squads getting rested in the week. They're yeah. playing Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. You're only dropping players in and out in Europe. You've topped your group in Europe. You've yeah. done everything that's asked of you. Matt, is it a surprise that Barcelona might come calling for him?
1: I mean, it's a surprise to me that Barcelona is able to do anything financially. <laughs> what, they, what they did in the summer after all the stories that you heard through last season and in the summer about the dire financial straits and like selling your future television rights – just seems nigh on suicidal Mm. and so and i'm i'm okay with it i mean barcelona is a huge institution they'll never you know they're too big to fail it's not like barcelona will cease to be a club they'll just have to have some hard times and you know what that's fine all the big teams should have to have hard times that's how you build proper history you know that'll just be another chapter in barcelona's history but i mean yeah, Barcelona completely baffles me and I think they might be there for the taking, you know. Mm. If uh, well, no, if they I mean, don't manage to win the Spanish League.
3: Well, what I'm saying is if they decide to get rid of Xavi, would uh Mikel Arteta is on their list. He's been reported the last few days that
1: hot, hot young he's... prospect. There's no doubt about it. In my mind Mikel Arteta is going to jump ship on Arsenal the second Pep Guardiola leaves Manchester City. <laughs> I I I think he's just, you know, like the second in command of Pep Guardiola, you know, I mean, he studied at his heel and that's fine. You know, he kind of models himself of a Pep Guardiola and I think once Guardiola leaves City, I think City might give their first call to Mikel Arteta and I think he'll drop Arsenal in a hot second.
3: Luke, um, Chelsea, Graham Potter. Um, he's done well since he's come in, but he's still finding his feet, isn't he? He's, how do you see that? I mean, how did you see the move when it happened
2: yeah like, and
3: what what have you been been your impressions of watching Chelsea under him?
2: Yeah, well when you know Spurs have Nuno and then even before Nuno, you know, I was a big big advocate for Graham Potter coming to Spurs. You know, I, I like him. I think he's a good youngish manager and you know, I I was I was kind of really like excited to see him take a step up. And as you say, it hasn't been the easiest transition, you know, from managing at Brighton and playing great football to then coming into Chelsea and kind of struggling to find his feet as such. You know, of course, Chelsea are, are a big side and they have big players and they are going to win games, yeah. but it's it's how he manages that. And one of the things I do respect him for is the fact that he has not played specific players just based on their name, their status in football history, you know, or or previous experience, he has played the players that he likes. You know, he's played a lot of Conor Gallagher, played a lot of Ruben Loftus Cheek. You know, he's played a lot of these players that before wouldn't get a chance at Chelsea, and I, and I do respect him for that. Will he succeed doing that? Is very very early to tell. But no, I, th- I I quite like him. You know, apart from the fact that he's managing Chelsea, you know, I quite like him, and I think <laughs> he's the he's a kind of manager that he needs. He needs a few seasons. He needs time. You know, Chelsea need to know that they're. Under these new owners, they're not going to kind of win the Premier League in the next two, three years, I wouldn't imagine. But having Graham Potter there, I think that it could only be good as long as he's given time and resources to do so.
3: Well, Patrick, the one thing that Chelsea are under him is entertaining. They're good, he's turned them into a good watch. And I I don't, I'm like, we can pretty much name the Arsenal 1 to 11. I don't know what he's going to do. Nah, I know. suppose that's the bonus in some ways. It must be exciting for the fans because it's the one thing with Chelsea over the years. They've had top-end managers. And it's pretty regimented. When you get a top manager into a club, they're regimented on how they play and they don't really experiment too much. They'll stick with what they know and they'll stick with the core players. But the general patterns of play is the same. Potter seems to be trying to find his feet about what this what the this core squad is capable of doing but are you the same as Luke i would you go out of your way to watch Chelsea now irrespective of who they're playing are they that type of team yet
0: well you know he he comes from our biggest rivals brighton so i've watched that watched him a lot so but i've always rated yeah. him always rated him as a manager really have i've always thought it was a really good manager um would i go, go out of my way to watch chelsea play probably not my brother's a chelsea supporter so not really <laughs> And they've had some success under their previous ownership. That I'm extremely jealous. But just as far as Potter now, he's I think he's going to be just just fine. They've got a very deep squad. He uses the entire squad. He's not going to aim at any place. One of the players I hope he was going to not play was Gallagher, which we were trying to get him back, and he's he's got himself back in there with a slight chance of getting to the you know, England squad for you know for Qatar, which is good for him. You mentioned before, lots of cheek. We had we had on loan also. He's yeah. playing. I can't believe he's playing that many minutes. Always injured prior to, you know, mm-hmm. coming to us on loan. So, no. I mean, look what he did with Keppa. they he took out Keppa half time of a match and swapped goalies. I mean, who does that? You know. So, I mean, I think I look I look at the record. I think lost, they lost one game under him, to the wrong yeah. team. It was Brighton, obviously, and it looked really bad <laughs> with the two own goals. But now, for me, Potter's done. Is going to do a very good job, and I think the future is very bright for Chelsea, which is very unfortunate, honestly.
3: That's an interesting question, Matt. Actually, uh, do you think Potter has a free, a bit of a free pass this season, coming in after the after the window shot?
1: It's certainly a gen, uh, get out of jail free card for him. You know, you, he can always fall back on that. These aren't my players. You know, I'm trying yeah. to make my system. Like you guys hired me to coach a team in my style. Obviously, you know that's what you do. It's pretty strange to bring a manager in and go change what you've done to work with the players we've got here. So he's kind of got that get out of jail free card. It's a bit what Gerard had last year, you know, when he took yeah. over at Villa and then was kind of found out pretty promptly that players might not have been
2: Best
3: the majority pleased.
1: of the problem, <laughs> might not have been the majority of the problem there, but no, he's he's a good manager. And like, there's something about Graham Potter's story that you know is kind of romantic having to go to Sweden, what is osterson's or something like that, Ostersen,
3: and yeah, and,
1: yeah, work his way like properly up through the ranks. Like, it's he's got a pretty great story about him and. He seems like a decent, decent enough guy, and I don't hate Brighton, so you know I, I don't have anything bad to say about him. But <laughs> I, I don't want to see Chelsea. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't want to see Chelsea succeed. I w- I was hoping that he wouldn't end up at the Chelsea job when Tuchel got sacked, but they moved pretty quickly.
3: One quick question for yourself, Matt and Patrick, because you're over that side of the world. Todd Bowley, what I mean, what's the story with him in American sports that you know we don't know or the thing is, the, the, the impression that we that I've got is, okay, they'll pump money into Chelsea for a while, but they'll want a return on their investment. Is that the way he kind of operates, or is it, you know, grow the brand as much as possible, sell as much merchandise and tickets as possible, get as much money as from the TV rights, but eventually make the club pay their own way? I can't well, imagine I- he's going to pump his own money in forever.
0: Yeah, I'll go first. I mean, my only uh dealing with him, honestly, has been on the baseball side. I'm a, I'm a big baseball fan, I'm a Yankees fan. So he owns the Dodgers, and they've done very well under him. The One World Series a couple of seasons ago. So, And I don't see him just pumping money in and taking it out. I think he wants to build. Dodgers are a tremendous brand over here on the baseball side. Um, So I see him wanting to be successful. I know he owns a couple of other franchises over here. But far from the baseball side, he seems to very much want to – you know, the manager was is has been there for a while, he doesn't, doesn't you know, fire managers on, on a whim. The team's been successful, weren't great this season, but they were okay. Like I said, won the rules a couple of years ago. So I feel like he's the kind of person that's going to be in there for the long haul if he feels that the right person is in charge of um, you know, whoever's running the running the team.
1: Mm-hmm. Matt, yeah, it's, you to yeah, he's certainly like he's he's pumped a lot of money into the Dodgers. And like Patrick said, like the Dodgers are humongous. They are Los Angeles's team. Like there's not a lot of Anaheim Angels fans and San Diego Padres fans. Like in that California market, it is the Dodgers. And there's a big market for baseball there. And he built a winning team, like signing big name free agents. Like one of the biggest moves the Dodgers made is one of the things that Red Sox fans don't like about FSG, our owners, is that. FSG didn't want to give Mookie Betts, who was maybe the best player in baseball, a huge a huge contract. A Boston guy that came through the farm system and Bowie went, whatever you want, there you go.
0: But hundred percent, yeah.
1: Baseball, baseball on their contracts can be real like it's long term risk for short term success because you give guys humongous, humongous contracts that are massively back ended with guaranteed money. With no way to get out of it. Like Bobby Bonilla collected $10 million a year from the <laughs> Mets for like 35 20, years.
0: 25, 30 years, yeah. Yeah, wow. like it's just,
1: it's madness contracts. So, But to me, yeah. Boley seems like the type of owner that wants the prestige that comes with owning a team that wins titles. That's Very to true. me what he wants. And I think his his obsession with spending money with Chelsea will continue until either they win the league or the Champions League. Or somebody in the accounting department taps him on the shoulder and goes, hey, <laughs> I agree. hey. Yeah, probably like 800 million in three years and we're not, you know, we're not seeing a huge uptick and we're not bringing trophies home. Maybe it's time to reel it in. And like when, when a team becomes a play, like when a, when a club, when a franchise becomes a play thing like that to a billionaire to me, it's a pretty risky situation to be in because you don't know when he's willing to just cut his losses
3: that's mad. And just
1: say, I'm done, I'm out, you know, and move along. And then Chelsea are thrown into a bit more disarray. But yeah, fingers it's crossed go, that it's,
3: happens. It's, it's going to be a ride for sure. Luke, I uh, asked you for a score prediction. How do you think this one's going to go?
2: Uh, I think I think Arsenal will beat them. I think they'll beat them 2-3-1. But I, I hope it's a 2 or draw, but I'm going to go 3-1 Arsenal,
0: unfortunately. And Patrick? I'm going to go 2-2. Obamieng definitely scores. Jesus probably scores. So yeah, I'll go 2 2. And does Matt, he run the length of the pitch? That'd be Ooh. brilliant. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that, that be great the, if he did that? That is the question.
3: Uh, yeah. How much does he celebrate? <laughs> He's got to, isn't he? He's gonna re- I could imagine doing a, a him doing a Suarez dive in front of uh in, in front of um what's Arteta? his face Arteta, yeah. yeah <laughs> that'd be hilarious. Yeah. But Matt, how do you see this one going, mate?
1: I I think it's got one one written all over it. It's I and it's gotta be Obama to score. Whether he whether he starts or comes off the bench, it just kind of feels like it's it's in the cards for him to play a part in this. And I think he would celebrate if he scored just because of how he was yeah. turfed out of the club. Definitely hundred you know? percent. Yeah. I Not went like he left I, with a handshake.
3: <laughs> I went two one Chelsea. I think Chelsea I think Arsenal okay. will I think Arsenal will slip. I think they've got I think they got one or two too many injuries. I think the Tomiyasu one was uh, a real sickener because yeah. he was the sub who came on, felt his hamstring went off. Tyranny's not right. is not right. Um, Chelsea got injury problems too, but I think they've got a bit of a deeper squad. It's going to be a fascinating game. Lazlo's gone for a 3-1. Tom's gone for 3-1. Red steve has gone for a 2-1 to Arsenal. Uh, it's going to be definitely well worth the 12 o'clock sacks we've got three games on the bounce and the second game on the sunday is west ham against crystal palace and patrick we'll come to you first you know i think we had you on really early in the season and you were pretty optimistic about you know where palace were going and the direction the club was going how are you now you know how are you seeing it at the minute i mean you're level with us on points
0: Yeah, I I was going to say, if you told me at any point in any season we'd be level with Liverpool, I would take it. Yeah. So to be 12 matches in, four wins, four draws, four losses, 10th place, with injuries to a couple of our key players and not even the squad that VR even wants right now, I couldn't be any happier, honestly. Um, I really couldn't be. Um, Having said that, you know our away record has been horrendous this season we haven't we've yet yeah. to win a match we drew with you guys that's when i came on actually the, the draw up yeah, right, right, yeah. right the newcastle we drew and we drew leicester away. so and we've lost the other matches so we're looking for an away win and west ham is not been a happy underground for us honestly so it'll be interesting sunday for sure but again far the season is concerned i could not be happy to be in 10th place right now yeah. With all the things going on around the club, yeah.
3: Standout player for you this season that you've enjoyed watching?
0: That's a great question. Um, Eberechi ezza so far, yeah, coming off that Achilles injury from last season, uh, he's uh, he's really we put him in a free role in the midfield. You know, we lost Conor Gallagher, so midfield kind of hasn't really been firing. But as far as the midfield concerned, he's been great. And you've got Zaha on the left, alicia on the right, Edward up top. It's been exciting to see the four of them play together, but. For me to see him get back yeah. from the injury, he even talked about the Qatar, which is not gonna happen, he even talk about to go to do the World Cup is great for him. So for me, it's been Eze so far, for sure. Yeah.
3: Laszlo's saying there he loves watching Palace from the back back end of last season, they've been really good as a casual watcher. They had they have, they have be. been, they've been one of these sides. I'm I'm like that with Leeds. They're the kind of side I enjoy watching because they attacked the game. I honestly didn't think Eze had this in him. To play in that uh mid that third midfielder role. Right. You know, to and I saw you see it as well with Everton with um Iwobi, you know, right. these wingers they're they're physically, you know, bigger guys. You know, they're not like your traditional like Mo Salah type of winger who's like, you know, five foot nine or whatever. And these guys they're pretty big, strong guys, but they've played out in the wing at the early parts of their career and they're just coming back into midfield. Yep. They've got the ability to play with the ball and to find yeah. a pass and whatever. And But they're so comfortable on the ball and he's so young. I mean, yeah. is it going to be a problem? Well, I'll come back to you in a second with this one. But Matt, <laughs> is it going to be a problem for Patrick to keep hold of uh, the likes of Eze and Michael Olise?
1: And Will to, Zaha,
3: yeah. the, the Will Zaha question is there as well.
1: Yeah, I I said this last night. We were talking about Zaha as a possible option for us to go for as offensive backup, you know, either in January or in the summer sort of thing. I I hope he stays at Palace. You know, he tried his flirtation with going to a big club. It didn't really work out for him. He went back to Palace, and he picked up right where he left off, and I think good on him for that, you know. He can be the big fish in the big pond there. Uh, But they should have trouble keeping hold of these young players because, like, since Vieira came in last season, like, I really enjoyed watching Palace and I shouldn't because the only Premier League game I've gotten to see with my own two eyes was the game earlier this year. So I should really despise Palace. But but I but I don't. But I don't because like I just look at the squads of some of the teams that are kind of in that middle lower half of the table and they had such a bounty of attacking talent in that team. You know, Eduard, Mateta, Zaha, Alise, Eze, you know, they had Benteke until they finally kicked him down the road, thankfully. But, like, there's a lot of teams in the Premier League that would be happy to have two or three of those quality of players in their team. It would make a huge, huge difference for them. So that's why I like watching Palace play. They got really exciting attacking players going forward. And Vieira seems to have found a fantastic center-half partnership. You know, Gahey yeah. and Anderson have been yeah. brilliant. brilliant. Yes. Like yeah. Yeah. Be- better than our center halves have been this season. And that's not something I ever thought I would say, you know, like a, a pairing of Mark Gahey and Joachim Anderson, formerly of Fulham would be more impressive <laughs> over, you know, 12 games of a season than Virgil van Dyke and me, you know, that's, <laughs> that's a wild thing to say, but uh, it could be an issue. And I think it's the same issue that I think Arsenal is going to have to, is you got a lot of young attacking players that, are going to be looking for, you know, good contracts or bigger teams or something like that. And if you got too many of them, you can't guarantee playing time and you're going to have to lose them. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it does Palace well because they're. I, I like having Palace in the Premier League. I don't want to see a Premier League without Crystal Palace in it. They got good fans. So,
3: cool. Luke, um, West Ham in Europe, not re- They haven't really hit the highs of last season, but they're just. They're finding. F- I wouldn't say they're finding a form, but they're picking up points and they're getting the job done. They've got players coming back. Lucas Paquette coming back, uh, might be available for this weekend. And they're almost like the nearly team at the minute, aren't they? They're nearly on the verge of doing something.
2: Yeah. I remember people saying West Ham are massive last season, wasn't it? It was the the going rounds on uh, on social media. But anyway, um, I think that, like, as you say – they're not really hitting those highs of last season, but I feel like that that period when they were really fighting for Europa League, Champions League spots, you know, and still fighting in European competitions was the downfall of them. I, again, I also, I also think that that season, you know, of going far in Europe and doing well in the Premier League is kind of just an anomaly in, uh, in a West Ham team. And I, you know, they, are, they have started this season poorly. They have started it very poorly, really, mm. if you look at it. I think, um, you know, where are they standing now? They're standing 13th, but prior to winning, I think they were like 18th or 19th, yeah. weren't they? So um, it's not been a great start to the season, but I don't know. I don't really like David Moyes, and I don't really like West Ham, so it's a really <laughs> yeah. difficult uh, pill to try and have, kind of chew over. On the flip side of that, I have literally no animosity towards Palace. And I... and. Weirdly, I should have some toward Patrick Vieira, but I don't either. And I think they, I, I agree with you boys. I think that, you know, they play great football. I think that they've got an amazing attitude towards recruitment. And uh, I feel like the way that they have grown from, because I watched the uh, Palace documentary on uh, Amazon Prime. And uh, I feel like the way they kind of have grown out of that phase, you know, of nearly going into extinction was yeah. uh has been brilliant and I can only, you know, praise them for that. I think the players like we've already mentioned, you know, a Elise, you know, they are players that I wish Spurs had tried to tried to go for young raw talent from the championship. Um I also really like Gehi at uh centre back as well. Even uh Mitchell as well. I think they've got some really, really promising talent and uh that would be the only thing as a Palace fan if I was one, you know, I'd be worried about you know how they keep hold of these players and how they kind of because I wouldn't be too worried about the likes of Zaha. You know, I, I kind of agree with Matt, you know, he's flirted with the idea of playing for a big club and realized that actually, do you know what? I'd probably rather play for a no disrespect to Crystal Palace, you know, a mediocre Premier League team, but be a star at that club because he has the, um, the attitude and the kind of the way about him of, of kind of being a star player. And I think it's much easier for him to be a star player at Palace.
3: Well, that's the main question Uh, Patrick, isn't it, is is it a case that they haven't had discussions yet or have they had contract talks earlier on and decided, no, we'll just hold off until after the World Cup or what's the story there? Because today I've seen him linked with a possible move to Barcelona and Juventus. Yep. Um, And I was on here, I'd, I'd say it was about three, four weeks ago. And I'm exactly the same boat as Matt. I think that he should stay where he is and retire at Palace and be a Palace legend for the rest of his life. You know, he'll be loved there forever. But at the same time, if he leaves, he's good enough. I, he's better than being a bench option at Liverpool,
2: right?
3: And he's he's better than that because look, a fit Luis Diaz will start ahead of him. That's yep. just, yep. that's just reality. But he could go to most clubs in Europe and, you know, see out the next four or five years of his career at whatever club. If he was to go to, say, an Atletico Madrid type club or a Barcelona, Juventus, Roma, Milan, he wouldn't look yeah. out a place in any of those sides. If he went to Germany, go to Bayern. Or, sorry, not Bayern, uh, Dortmund. Dortmund, right. You know, he might not play for Bayern, but he would play for Dortmund. Do you, do you think that's going to be... I don't want him to stay in England if he doesn't stay at Palace. Because I'm the same. I, because I think... no, You are for obvious reasons, but I am because <laughs> I look at the sides that are in the top four now. I'm looking at it. Okay, you're going to be a squad option for them. And you're better than that. So how do you see it playing out in you? Do you see him staying first and foremost? <laughs>
0: So there's a lot to this. So he turns 30 in about a week. He'll be 30. So there's that hanging over his head. So when you turn 30, you know, your last contract is the next one. He won't get a bigger contract after this. Um, today it was mentioned him going to Barcelona in the press conference and Vera laughed it off. Um, not because he, he doesn't think good enough for Barcelona. He's just, he just tired of hearing this, these rumors over and over again. So the latest that I heard is that we actually put a verbal contract to him He's which he's ta- thinking over and nothing in writing because we're waiting until before the World Cup or during the World Cup break to sit down with agent and talk about it. But Wolf is being very coy and very smart. He's saying all the right things. He's a, you know, it's a palace boy, South London, came to our academy. Like you guys have mentioned, left, came back. Waters weren't great. We went to United, came back. He's a, you know, he's a legend at Palace, would would be a legend whether he leaves or not. Hopefully, you want him to stay. But he's keeping his options open. Um, I'm hoping that he stays for obvious reasons. You know, you've yeah. made great links. You know, all the links you talked about, I've heard Milan, Dortmund, Juventus. I've heard them all. Um, he's got a young family though, in London. He's just had he's got yeah, two yeah. young boys, he's engaged, he loves being here. I don't know if the United left him with a very poor feeling of leaving London. I don't know going to Europe is going to make it better. Having said that, the challenge that he may want to take on like you just said he's going to be 30 in a couple of weeks and is does he want that he deserved the chance of in Europe we're not going to be in Europe this year maybe yeah. next year if we get very 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 lucky it's unlikely so I think that it comes down to what does he feel he wants to do next again you know how it works is that in January you can sign a pre-contract with anybody in Europe and we lose him for nothing we're not going to sell him in, in January no the only two I can see him going to, honestly, would be Arsenal. He's an Arsenal uh, supporter as a, as when he was young, and obviously they're doing really well. But you just said, would he would he start for Arsenal? You got Saka on one side, you have got Martinelli on the other side, you've got Smith Rowe. You've got he's not going to want to go somewhere and not play. So, having said all of that, my hope is that he stays. Should he leave, please go to Europe. Don't go to a, a side in England, please. I would that would that would destroy me. Uh, but I where he goes, I wish him the best. I'm not kind of person that would wish him any ill harm, we'll think really we'll yeah, yeah. for palace. So let's I help. One, rest
3: one him. other thing I wanted to ask you. I saw something online. Uh I don't know, it was last week or the week before, but it was redevelopment plans for Selhurst Park. Yeah. What's the story there?
0: <laughs> so finally well, it looks
3: impressive.
0: It's it's gonna be fantastic when it gets done. Fine, we finally got approval from Croydon Council to for it to happen. We've got to the problem is the issue is that. There are houses behind the stand that we have to build. We want to build back on. We have to find houses for those people, buy them, relocate them. Then they can knock the houses down. This is, But it's been approved by according Council. It's going to probably be starting about, I'm going to say, 2023, 20, 2024, if we're lucky. So we'll probably have a new stand. It's going to be the the one where the dugouts are, the family stand. That side is not going to be the other side. So it will be built up. Then we'll build around this. I guess we, got, we have to say architect that did the – the redoing at Liverpool. So it's going to be similar without yeah. thinking of build a stand behind it and then push it forward wherever I didn't say you guys did it right. So yeah. but hopefully like I said in two years that'll get done. And that's going to be fantastic. We need the bigger stadium, uh we need you know the revenue that will generate from it and just yeah. the fact that if you know I love Sellers Park, but it does need an upgrade. So it
3: does massively. Like I mean it's probably yeah. one of the last grounds now along with Goodison, I suppose, yes. that, that are in the, in Premier, the Premier League, League. That, yeah. You look back to the old videos of the start of the Premier League in nineteen ninety-two, yes. and it's like, yeah, it ain't changed. It's the same,
1: yep. <laughs> it's
3: so, and that stadium was used every week back then because Milford, Wimbledon. Sorry, no, uh, Wimbledon were Wimbledon playing and Charlton, and Charlton and Charlton. Yeah, Charlton, yeah, yeah. it was share, mad. Yeah. But Matt scores time. How do you see this one going? West Ham at home to Crystal Palace.
1: I got uh, two nothing Palace win. I don't think West Ham score enough goals. I think I think Palace is sound enough at the back and more dangerous going forward. So home home advantage means nothing. Two nothing palace.
0: I like Matt. A <laughs> lot. <I'm> <laughs>
2: well, do you know what? I was literally thinking about that when, when Matt was talking and uh in my brain I had two nil palace. But do you know what? I'll change it up so I'll just say one nil palace so we're not all going for the same score. Uh but yeah, I again I think you're you're right, Matt. You know, I think that Palace have in my opinion, the better players than, um, than West Ham do. And I think they're playing better football this season. Simple as that. Yeah.
3: Uh, I'll come to Patrick last. I had it down as a 2-1 Palace win. But I don't know. That hoodoo of not winning away from home Exactly, is a tough one to get over, especially for a, younger, a young side. I think first goal is everything in this. Um, if they can get the first goal... The fact that West Ham played in Europe in the week, Palace have had the week to prepare for this. It's a local derby. It, anything can go in this game. But yeah, I went 2-1 Palace. Uh Patrick, how do you see
0: it? Uh, I, I love all three of those predictions, by the way. So I'll give you a little history lesson. It's not been a, there's not been a score, scoreless game in 10 years in this rivalry. So that's the first thing. there definitely be goals in this. But historically, we tend to draw away from home against West Ham. I don't know why that is. Last year was 2-2. The year before that, it was 1-1. We get a lot of draws at, at, at London Stadium, Upton Park, wherever we play it. Um, we don't do tend to do as well at home. Having said that, again, the fact we have won a game away, it's definitely going to be a draw. So I'm going to go for a 1-1. When, well, a we're, point, we're, a we're, point we're,
3: wouldn't be the worst, it wouldn't no, be the worst uh, no, in the world. No, you no, know? no.
0: We do a pod, uh, we do a podcast and, and I, I said I bite your hand off for one one of my and D said why would you say that? It's only West Ham. He said, Okay. But we're Palace we have one away at home. We have one away all season. So I'll take a while, will take a draw on Sunday for sure.
3: Fair sure. sure. Um what do you got there? Osh, oshin has gone 3 0 palace, zaha hat trick. Cool. Uh Tom Ballin, one nil palace. <laughs> Love that. You're all bloody arsewreckers, the whole lot of you. <laughs> Bonkers got one, one, one. Laszlo's
2: got one, one. Take that. I was that. impressed. I was impressed how we all went for a Palace win, and then the Palace went for a draw. But
0: the <laughs> person who knows, yeah, exactly. Which is why I love
2: it. you guys
3: See, are this, great. They were, we did a they did, Matt did a show last night, and it ended up the last half of the show. They were talking about transfers, and Declan Rice's name kept popping up. And yeah, he'd be this, he'd be that. You all That's think funny. that Declan Rice is going to have an absolute stinker tomorrow, don't you? every single one hope of you in the chat hope so hope so
0: <laughs> well, needs
3: to happen last but not least uh our trip to london away from home we haven't won a game away in the league in how long matt uh, it's been long. a minute <laughs> welcome uh, to
1: Tottenham. yeah <laughs> too, too too long
3: <laughs> way too long so long i can't remember and it, would have no. to, it
1: would have to have been, what, the second or third last game of last season. Because, I yeah. mean, we were just winning every game, you know, chasing the quad at the end of last season. So, we we're winning home and away pretty much every single week. So And nothing this year. So, boy, we're due. Was it the Southampton game? Yeah, it might have been. Oh, that was like the that. second to last game of the year.
3: That sucks.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's months ago. That's what, yeah. May?
3: Mm. But on the upside, um, well, the upside, the upside, I was look. I had a quick look at the Champions League results afterwards. And the fact that in our last two Champions League away games, scored 10 goals hmm. couldn't put a single one past Forrester Leeds, but that's not by the by, you know. <laughs> if you're going to do it, do it in style, smash nine against Bournemouth and then go to a barn room. We did that with Palace, we smashed Palace up a few years ago, and then we couldn't win anything, we couldn't win an argument.
1: Yeah, six yeah, straight won't. losses at home following that
3: game. Exactly. It's like when one 0 is enough, one 0 is enough. No in right. order to <laughs> be going doing the dog. But this is no joke. Um we've we're in trouble. Um, we're 10 points behind Spurs going into this. And for us, it's a game we have to win. I mean, yeah. there's it's I hate using the word season defining 12 games in. But Given where we are and how we've how we've been playing and the crisis of injuries that we have, and we have had for a while, if we got thirteen points behind Spurs with thirteen games gone, that's a long road back.
1: Yeah, it's you know, like, how do you it's see like it going, Mike? When, when you're in an individual game, like you know, if you're down three nothing in the first half, you can still convince you. There's plenty of time to come back. You know, yeah. and then it starts getting into seventy-fifth, eightieth minute, and you're like, fuck, that's we're just running out. So, you know, we might only be in that analogy at, you know, one nil or two nil down. And there's still plenty of time for us to come back, but these are big games. Like we can't be the last two league games, we've dropped points when the teams above us have dropped points and we've missed out on the opportunity to just make up some ground. And so these head-to-head games are going to be huge. And we have to see an improvement on last year's record in our games against the other top six teams because we were pretty bad against our top six rivals, United excluded from that, obviously. Yeah. Um I I think we're gonna go. I think Liverpool is gonna go with the four-three three. I think we're gonna stick with it. I think we're gonna go with the Henderson, Fabinho, Tiago midfield. Yeah. And just try to stick to the tried and true. Uh the back four, I think, is the back four with Ibu in it. Regular fullbacks, Allian Van Dyke, obviously. And for me, the big question is what do we do at left wing? Left wing. You know, with our with our injuries there, do we try to shift Darwin out and see what kind of ch- you know change we could get off of presumably Emerson Royale and uh, Longley maybe or Ben Davies or Dyer? I'm not sure who plays out of the the right side of Spurs and center half, but I think it's going to be Curtis Jones again. I think he I think he played this he played a system game. You know he was where he needed to be. He did the things he needed to do in the last game. I think it's going to be uh solid Darwin and Curtis across the top for us. And we're just going to try to find that old mojo again with the, the guys we've done before, because the old system worked in the last game. So fingers crossed, but like, I, I'm so happy we got a Spurs fan on here. Cause I, I, there's some question marks about Spurs, you know, exactly what they're going to do in their lineup.
3: Lead away, my son, lead away.
1: There's a lot of question marks about Spurs. I need answering as well. Mate.
3: <laughs> Ask away, man. Ask away, man.
1: It's I, is he going to risk those players that are kind of on the fence? Like I was just kind of looking through some of the injury reports and like Lucas Mora game time doubt? decision. Yeah. yeah. You know, like he had pain in training yesterday and it seemed worse than possible. And he was worried about it. Like Ben Tankour, game time decision, Kulisevsky might be ready to come back in, not match fit. Does Conte just throw him right back into it from the start? I, I'm not entirely sure, but I, He's got to he's got to take the chance on at least one, if not two, of those. You know, between Mora, Kulisevsky and Betancourt, I he's one of them has to play at least, or else I'm not sure who plays up top with Harry Kane.
2: No, nor am I. Um, you know, Son's out, Richardson's out, Kulisevsky, They right. thought he was going to be out until after the World Cup. Um,
3: he's only had a couple of sessions. He's only had he a only session. Trained I think
2: today or yesterday. Yeah. He's only had like one training session, and I saw him running on a clip at half time in one of one of the last games that we played, and I think it was the last home game, and he didn't look great. I, you know, people were like, "Oh yeah, he's back, he's back." I didn't think he looked great running. You know, I saw the celebration for the goal, uh, which didn't stand against Sporting Lisbon, and uh, again, he he didn't look comfortable. So I would be surprised if he got more than twenty minutes at the weekend, I would be shocked. But you're right. You know, those questions need to be answered. You know, I think if Bentoncourt doesn't play in midfield, Spurs will really struggle transitioning from defence. We struggle enough to transition from defence to midfield. But if he doesn't play, I really worry who is going to be able to do that. And then when we get to that, you know, who's going to play alongside Harry Kane? Because the only other viable option is Brian Hill, who's played next to no oh, minutes. Right. So, yeah, it's, I didn't, I wasn't fully aware until I heard the com- press conference there about Lucas Moura. You know, I You know, I knew that he was injured and then he's come back in uh, recent games because obviously with Sonny injury and things like that. And he, he played with a three against uh, Marseille, but then obviously Son got that pretty bad injury and now has to go for yeah. surgery. So, um, you know, only when I read today that he said the pain was worse. Like, like, it differs from day to day with Lucas Moore and, and I think it was like yesterday or whatever, it was worse. So, yeah, I'm, um, uh, I, I, you uh, know, I, Spurs are struggling regardless. Regardless of where we're sitting in the table, like sitting third in the Premier League. You know, if we look at Spurs as a as a whole and we say last 16 in the Champions League, top the group in the Champions League, third in the Premier League, uh, you know, you would be, well. Wow, Spurs I was going to ask
3: you because it's, um, Conte has been at the club now a year. Yeah. It's a year this week, I think. Yeah. And considering where he was to where you are now, it's a marked improvement. I mean, look, I'll be the first one to say I can't stand watching Spurs play now. And it's just purely because of the system that he plays. But I couldn't stand watching Conte's Chelsea play. I couldn't stand watching Conte's Juventus play. It's just him. I I can't stand watching any side that he has involvement with. That's saying that, for you guys, it is a marked improvement on where you were. 100% has to be. But is the worry now, Is are you screaming for the World Cup to start? Just for yeah. like a, a reset?
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because the thing is with, with Conte, right? We can look at, there's two separations between Conte in the back end of last season in the Premier League and Conte in the first half in the Premier League this season. And he has a lot of, in my opinion, he has a lot of questions to answer in terms of how Spurs are continually playing passively, playing weak, playing scared football in the first half of the majority of matches. Like, I don't know if any of you guys saw the Marseille game in midweek, but the first half, we looked like a team that could get absolutely rolled over. And, you know, of course, they had three Arsenal players, four Arsenal players in their squads, you know, it was was written in the stars that that they were going to beat us. But, you know, the second half comes around and again, Spurs were a completely different animal. They attacked Marseille on the front foot. They won balls high up the pitch. They pressed and uh, ended up winning the game. And so it's really, really difficult to see how a side can go from being so weak, so negative, so spineless to being a side that absolutely dictates and, and controls a game. It was exactly the same you know, apart from it took us a bit longer against Bournemouth, 2-0 down last weekend. Mm. And a friend, a really good friend of mine, Ben, uh, who's a Liverpool fan, funnily enough, uh, was messaging me. And he was like, and I usually don't... don't message anyone during the Spurs games, right? I just keep my phone off. I don't, but 2-0 down, I was like, you know what, I don't care anymore. So he was messaging me and he was like, you boys are going to come back, you're going to win. And, and, you know, we did. But to kind of sit there and having to go through that week in, week out, like I, you know, I mean, i have even put a bet on myself, Liverpool to win a half-time, Spurs to win at full-time. Because that's the way I see it going. That's the way it's gone for the majority of um, this season, and and I'm getting extremely frustrated with Antonio Conte's inability to change games through well, substitutions. Well, I watched
3: the, I, I watched his press conference as well, and he talked about the mindset of the players, where it was you know I have what you hold type of attitude, yeah. and he was talking about that from a player's perspective as well, but. He must have gone into the dressing room at halftime to look, take the shackles off. You have to do something here, and they did. The one good thing that I looked at, the late winners. I mean, we Matt Matt will tell you every club. Pat will tell you as well. Every club loves a late winner. I and mean, a and a Ar- an reggie ninety sixth minute winner against Everton is. <laughs> A, Fabio, Fabio Carvalho
1: against Newcastle this Newcastle, year after they yeah. time wasted yeah. and they yeah. he added on the extra minute. It was just <laughs> it was perfection, perfect karma.
3: Yeah, but the problem is when you're going to the well game after game after game, that that uh, won't last long. I mean we're seeing it in games that we're playing like Leeds and Forest. We had ample chances to win those two games. Ample chances. Didn't take them, got caught out in a sucker punch. And it's like you're in a good position. Is it maintainable for one? And what does he need to do in January? Or what's the talk about what the club are capable of doing in January is the other thing.
2: Yeah, it's interesting you saw you mentioned quickly about last minute kind of goals because obviously we scored the last minute uh, equaliser against Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, then last-minute winner against Bournemouth, last-minute mm-hmm. minute winner against Marseille, that Marseille goal was absolutely huge. And do you know what? I was sat there screaming at the TV because there's one centre-back, there's uh, Hoiberg and Brian Hill, and I'm saying, pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball, and then he just <laughs> smashes into oh, the far corner. Yeah. And uh, it was outrageous. <laughs> but, you know, and you'd never, never ask him to do that. But um, that was huge because, obviously, you know, it meant that we topped the group. But... Um, In terms of like what the Spurs need to do and what what are they talking about, the words that I've heard spoken around are that in the summer it was about quantity, yeah, and in January it's about quality, apparently. That's what they're saying. Now, all I've heard is that Daniel Levy has said that he believes that Antonio Conte is the best coach that he's ever worked with, and he wants him to stay, and that that Spurs are willing to back him. Whether that will come to fruition, I don't know. um, but... I gotta
3: say, th- I think that uh, Daniel Levy's uh, version of all back the manager <laughs> and Antonio Conte's version of all back the manager are one is talking about um, was it Mule- Mule- Musilek yeah. and the other one's probably talking. About, I want Marco, I want Barella, and I want um, your man from Milan, the, the other holding midfielder from Milan, yeah. Tonali, you know. It, I would make it was, a bit, either, it was a bit like yeah.
2: the time when Spurs wanted Bruno Fernandes and instead they got Jedson Fernandes. You know, <laughs> look, the same surname, the both exactly. Teams yeah.
3: are, they're not that different.
2: Yeah. Okay.
3: They're not yeah. that different on FIFA. That's about
2: it. I <laughs> know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let, let's see. Let's see. You know, kind of what what Spurs do. I really think you know that because Antonio Conte signed uh, an eighteen-month contract at Spurs. Um, yeah there is the, the one-year option that I keep hearing people talk about. But in reality, if we look at it, you know, kind of 18 months, it runs out in the summer. So summer. for me, if you want to keep a manager of his caliber and his experience and, you know, how – from where I sit with Antonio Conte a few weeks ago, I was thinking, why would he stay? I You know, I always saw – and I apologize if I'm rambling on – but I no, always no, saw um, what would happen here is that Antonio Conte would leave. And then Spurs would just go straight back in, and their vision was to go straight back for a Mauricio Pochettino Butch, in the summer. Yeah. That's how that's how I've seen, and I I still kind of feel might go. If we end up um, back in Conte in January, then that shows sure real intent from from the board. Again, it's a difficult time to sign players, but it's it's been done before, and we we desperately need it. You know, I saw the, the comment from you guys saying uh, Richarlison is it, is it expensive quantity. Um, you know, he was an expensive <laughs> player. But I tell you yeah. what, the Spurs fans absolutely love it. And, yeah, uh, I, I get why. You know, yeah. And what you get from him is uh, you get passion, you get drive, you get effort. He was never going to be a guy that competed with the likes of Son and Kane or even Kulosevsky with goals. And I think we spoke about this before. Yeah. But, um, you know, he definitely brings that grit and that um, that um kind of mentality that I think he wants with the likes of, you know, even Hoiberg in midfield, Richardson kind of up top of the pitch with Romero at the back. He kind of wants that kind of attitude throughout the, the Romero's team. quality. Romero's yeah. quality. He's I out as
3: well. So yeah. The thing is with Richardison. Richardson, to me is kind of like uh Bernardo Silva at City. Absolutely brilliant player if he's your if he's your player. Yeah. He's yeah. an absolute shit house if he's someone else's player. <laughs> you want absolutely nothing to do with him by the smash his face Oh, yeah, but they be, yeah. if,
1: if they don't play for you, they should be suspended. Those types of players. That's, <laughs> like, that's how I feel. There's a couple hockey players like that. Like uh, Patrick, uh, no, Brad Marchand of the Boston Bruins. Marchand, he's one of the best yeah. players in the league. And if you are not a Boston Bruins fan, no, you think he should be guts. in jail. Yeah, <laughs> I can't stand him, but he's brilliant and secretly would have loved to have had him on my team. <laughs> oh,
3: man, Patrick, Tottenham. Tottenham, Liverpool. I mean... It's one of those games that down the years, it, it's we've got a good... Liverpool have a good record against Spurs. Bar one. Um, I think we, we do generally do okay. But in years gone by, it was one of those games that it was open attacking in to win football. We're right. not going to get that this weekend, I don't think.
0: Yeah, I've got it down here. 14 Liverpool wins, 8 draws, 5 wins the last... 27 matches. So that's pretty good for Liverpool. They yeah. won more than half the matches. So um yeah, the, the issue I have is uh you guys have been talking about is the injuries that Spurs have up top, it's devastating. It just is. It's Harry Kane and it's nobody else. and Brian Hill hasn't played. I mean, I you know I don't follow so I know about him. He hardly plays. Um, so if he was to be put in there, it's gonna be the, the link-up play with Kane's non-existence, they haven't played together that much at all. So from my standpoint it's gonna be interesting and and again right now for Liverpool there's no such thing as do or die they have to win this match they have to win this match I mean it's at the point where they've got they've had so many just poor performances and poor results of late they have to win this match and honestly you just said they've had a good record against Spurs and there's no better time to play Spurs than now with those with those uh upfront injuries and and the way that Conte plays again you know you've mentioned it too I mean I don't watch Spurs play. I did watch the Marseille game; with a brilliant win. But the way that Conte plays, I don't know how Spurs fans handle that. I mean, yes, you want to win, and I don't know one of the things is they want to win a trophy, and that'd be great to get to a trophy. That's what you're looking for. But the style of play that he plays is, is difficult. But again, if he's like he did at Chelsea, wins you a title, then you're going to take it all day, right? So there's that. So it'll be interesting. I mean, I, I think it's gonna be a very interesting matchup. But like I said, I really think at this point, no. Liverpool have to win that match. I guess have to win it match Sunday. I'm going to
3: come back to Luke quickly one minute. Would you take a draw now?
0: Yeah. Uh, I
2: was literally waiting for the score <laughs> predictions. And you know, that's literally <laughs> no, what I was going to I say. Was like, gonna come
3: back. I was going to come back to you with the score. I'll come back to you yeah, score yeah. predictions. Yeah. Yeah. Minute. That's what I was going to say though. Is,
2: like, give me a draw now. Like, turn the TVs off. Let's just cancel the game. Let's all just have a nice right. Sunday roast. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, me. the yeah. 10
3: point gap for us, it's must win. For Spurs, it's must not lose. Yeah. And that's a different. Mindset that plays. Yeah. Is it a case that he goes into this game with a five four one, and just says, "Doesn't matter whether he's at home, doesn't care. He'll play. He'll play Liverpool on the on the merits of the side that's in front of him, rather than we're at home. This is Spurs. This is how we play, and you're going to play the Antonio Conte way.
2: But I don't think we have the quality to be able to perform those duties in which he wishes us to do which sounds a bit of a weird way of saying it but if he wishes us to just set out um you know solid in defense to break down teams and to uh, you know be able to keep possession and and not lose it you know for the last however many games when we lose possession in in that um defensive third we give the ball away numerous 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 times and uh, I would be very concerned if you got if you got a goal and we were playing like that, and he didn't do anything, he didn't allow the shackles to come on, then it could it could get more. Our biggest problem is, and, and you know those that are watching like watch out for it on on Sunday is that when the attacking wingers for the opposition have the ball, our team obviously sets up in two banks, right? yeah. Uh, yeah. They are allowed to play the ball across the eighteen yard box and we conceded a goal against Arsenal like that from Thomas Partey, and nobody closes the ball down, and they allow the play to go across the 18-yard box, and for me, that's a really worrying sign for Spurs, you because do, if you're, you're going do. to play like that, somebody needs to step out, but instead yeah. instead, it's always doubling up uh, with the wing-backs, because I don't think he trusts his, his wing-backs. Yeah, the thing him. is, if
3: Spurs do that with Trent, you could do that with Salah, because Salah's not going to cut it back on his right foot. Yeah, He'll come back onto his left, but if you give Trent and Robertson the kind of yeah. space to deliver balls to Darwin, if Darwin plays through the middle, then it's a recipe for
2: disaster. Or even tee um, it up to the likes of Fabinho or Tiago, you know, at the edge of the box.
3: Yeah, it's. I mean, Matt, I. The only thing I'd make different from your lineup is I'd start Darwin on the left and I'd have Bobby through the middle. Purely, I know he looked a bit ropey against Napoli, but let's be honest, Napoli are not Spurs. Napoli. Are, Spurs are not going to play like Napoli and come out and, you know, take you on f- straight up. They're, and that's no disrespect to Spurs. That's not their game.
0: No.
3: But I think if you have Bobby playing in that false nine role and you don't have Romero as a centre back, you could have I don't care whatever three centre backs you like in there. If you've got Bobby to pull them around, leaving space for everyone, for Darwin and Salah to move in and around it. I think that has to be the way that I think that's our strongest eleven available at the minute. And I if Darwin starts as a left wing, he's not gonna stay there. We know he's not gonna stay there. No. But he's he creates he is the absolute wreaker of havoc when he when he plays. You know, something happens always. He he gets assists, he gets goals, he gets shots off, he brings others into play. I mean, outside of Haaland, who is an absolute freak. Mm-hmm. His return, his goal return for per minute played is right up there. I think this yeah. is a tailor made game for him away in London, Tottenham, massive stadium. I think this is the occasions that you sign a Darwin Nunez
0: for.
1: Yeah. It's to me, the biggest thing about Darwin Nunez is things change when you have absolute elite level pace, and he does. I think clocked is the fastest sprint ever recorded in the history of the premier league since they started using radar guns. Like, and just with the eye test, like within the first two minutes in our game against West Ham, there was a ball dinked over the top that looked like a hundred percent. It was going out for a goal kick. And he just turned the afterburners on and just pulled the ball in and having that elite level pace. It's just a game changer. Like we, you saw when he tried to cross the ball for Salah against Napoli, where he just stood the defender up and boom, he was gone. And he had two yards of space to put a good cross across the box because he just had that like over a long distance, but also right out of the blocks. He's just that quick. And like, I, I, I'm presuming we're going to see something like Dyer, Clement Longley and Ben Davies as a back three for Spurs. None of them seem like they're blessed with pace. Like there's a lot of forehead being brought to the table by Eric Dyer, but not a lot of pace. So like I like the prospects of that, and that's I saved this comment from Laszlo Panafle here about the lineup being a four-four-two diamond with Bobby playing as the ten tip of the diamond with Sala and Nunez up top. And until the Leeds game, where that kind of diamondy formation for us seemed to fall flat on its face, I really like that because it got both Nunez and Sala centrally positioned on the field. I just don't, I don't think Klopp's going to do that for this game. He went back to the four-three-three against. Probably our toughest, second toughest opponents of the season after playing Man City. Like Napoli are dynamite. That team is great. Like if you guys yeah. aren't watching Napoli play in the Champions League, watch Napoli play in the Champions League. They're a great team. Uh, and we got a good result against them. So and I don't I think that Curtis Jones is doing better on the left than Darwin yeah. Nunez in terms of the defensive positioning that he needs to take up from the game. So I that's why I kind of went with that. Though I originally went with Bobby in the middle uh, of a 4-3-3. but to me Darwin Núñez has to play.
3: He has yeah, to play for me like, too.
1: Yeah, I mean if if we if we don't if we start Bobby with Darwin out on the left, it really handcuffs in terms of like handcuffs in terms of making substitutions later in the game if we need to affect the game in a positive way and in an offensive way because then we're looking at bringing Fabio Carvalho off the bench, Curtis Jones off the bench, yeah, and none of that's these true. guys bring that thing and like Bobby Firmino he's not a natural goal scorer but he has an ability to create magic and make goals come out of yeah. nowhere because he, he plays
3: like football. a goal against Spurs as well
1: this is true Bobby he does, does like, like and he, not as much as he likes a goal against Arsenal no. but he does <laughs> like a goal against Spurs. he loves going
3: to the capital doesn't he That's, yes he exactly the, yeah this carrot, he loves going to the smoke
1: Yeah. It's good shopping for his missus, and then he gets to go bang a couple of goals, go home. Well, Everybody's happy, though. Ever but, since yeah. I put Firmino
2: on my fancy football team, he's absolutely dried up completely. So, and I was literally sitting there while you were talking, like, shall I take him out? Shall I not? And then I just thought to myself, I'll leave, I'll leave him in. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, about three weeks ago, I shaved. I had a
3: beard. I shaved the beard off. And it was like we won the next game. So like, okay, the beard's staying off. Then we lost the leads it was like, Okay, the beard's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> the winner's coming, man. <laughs> uh okay, Patrick, I ask you uh score for this one, please.
0: So um notice that um only two draws for Liverpool uh for Spurs so far, Chelsea, I guess, and West Ham. Um, I picked a draw in the other two matches, but I can't see a draw in this one. Um Everything you guys have been saying, I just have a feeling, like I said, that Liverpool have to win this match. There's going to be goals in it, so I'm going to go 3-1 Liverpool. Okay. Uh, Sam, checks in the post,
3: Patrick, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, uh, goals and goal scorers for you for Spurs, if you're going for goal scorers.
1: Hello. That's,
2: you're reading the comments. Oh, no, sorry, I'm reading the bad. comment. You for yeah, Sorry, word. that's my bad. Oh, so for me. Sorry. Luke
3: yeah,
1: Yes,
2: <laughs> sorry. Because it's your team, you gotta name a goal scorer. Okay. I'm gonna go one all. And don't even know who will score. I don't really want to go Kane. Harry Kane because be Kane, that's the yeah. obvious choice. got to be Kane. It, let's be <laughs> fair. You know what? I'm going to go with a midfielder, and I'm going to say Hoiberg scores. Do you know what? I like. Yeah, him I think in he's got player. like he's got four, five goals this season already. Yeah. Best goal scoring five I go. Yeah,
3: yeah. He gets forward, and he and he's got a banger on him. He does yeah. like, it. and he's good from corners as well. He's good yeah. from set pieces, and with Perisic, assuming Perisic, is it a case that Perisic might play wide as a left wing? and Ryan Sessegnon behind him to double up potentially, on
2: Potentially. Potentially. That's, you know, they've, they've played Perisic on the right. They've tried Sessegnon on the right, Perisic on the left, which they don't like, but they haven't tried Perisic and Sessegnon on the left. And that, because if Spurs play five in midfield, we get beat, we get beat and we get beat, I reckon, because I yeah. don't believe that the likes of Basuma, whether Benjocore plays or not, and Hoiberg, or whether that ends up being Oli Skip. Um, I think we get beat because we can't hold the ball in midfield we can't retain possession very well in midfield so i think if we play with a with a five midfield or you know three whichever way you want to look at it we get beat so that might be a nice way of looking at it and i wouldn't be against that
3: yeah i'll be honest i i've rated Ivan parisic for years i think he's just he's a quality footballer and he's he he was probably the smartest boy Yeah, one of the smartest boys of the summer, irrespective of age, whatever they put in the water in Croatia, man. It's between him and Modric.
0: Modric, yeah. (laughs)
3: You know what I I mean? They're they're just like silk footballers, and irrespective, yeah. And it's like they're one of they're these players that if they're on the telly, yeah, you just want to watch them. And I couldn't care less what he does on Sunday. I hope he has an absolute stinker. But (laughs) in general, I think he's a phenomenal footballer, Matt. How do you see this one going, mate, and goal scorers for you?
1: Yeah, I know. I'm I'm aware of the rules. I'm just looking a little bit of the stats on Spurs, and once Hyunmin Son falls out of that team, not a lot of goals in that team with the exception of Harry Kane. And I think Ibu Kanate coming back in, I think he's going to be up for it. I think Harry Kane, by default, is going to try to pick on the young centre half and not Virgil van Dijk, even though that's probably the wrong thing. And I think Ibu's going to have a good game. I got 2 nothing Liverpool. Van Dyke is finally going to put one of his headers from a corner into the net. And the agent of chaos, Darwin Nunez, is going to score and do something brilliant. 2 nothing.
3: 2 nothing. Did I say my score prediction? Yeah, you went 1-1. One, one. Oh, you. I'm going insane. <laughs> <laughs> you, did. you went 1-1. One, no, one. I know we're past. <laughs> yeah, you went 1-1. One, one. Uh, I went 2-1. Um, Salah and Bobby and if i was going to be pushed for a spurs scorer um lucas mora i think lucas mora if he plays he's always he's he's just a really good finisher when he gets a chance and it's the one thing that i think the way we'll play is the line will be high you know they'll back themselves against kane for pace yeah and they'll back themselves against lucas mora for pace but if kane plays that deep slightly deeper role and they get the runners from deep right. It's probably the way that Spurs can get in. Um, even though it's away from home, they're always tough games. They're they're, they're not easy. You don't get easy games against an Antonio contest side, irrespective of who's injured and who isn't. But first goal is key. Um, Spurs don't like scoring first. We hate <laughs> conceding first. <you> know, <laughs> it's just one of those, isn't it? It's like, but I think if we get ahead... Spurs will be will still sit in and wait till the last twenty minutes to try to get a draw. Whereas if we go one behind, they'll park the bus and then bring another bus and then bring another bus and bring another one from me- for good measure. It'll be a long day if we go behind to this lot. Yep. Yeah, but look, i am just gonna skip through the rest of the games because look, there's seven other games in the league. Just go around the houses, one each. Um Matt will start with you. Leeds against Bournemouth.
1: 1 nothing leads. Bamford finally gets his 100th goal.
3: Okay. Uh, Patrick, Man City against Fulham.
0: Uh, Man City 3 1. Cool. Uh, Luke, Forest against Brentford. Uh,
3: 1 0 Brentford. Cool. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, actually. Uh, Matt, um, Wolves against Brighton.
1: 0 0. Awful game to watch. <laughs> I agree. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, uh, Patrick Everton against Leicester,
0: awfully, uh, equally poor as nil nil. Yep. Can't seem to explain that goal. No yeah, chance, Leicester no, is fine. a
3: bit of form at the minute, is
0: yeah. It's form still hasn't been bottom three, though. So, you know, we'll it's see, an awful game, it. isn't it? That five like, uh, terrible game, man. So right. Definite right. miss.
3: The other games on Sunday, uh, Villa against Manchester United. Ooh. um. New manager bounce coming in the door at Villa? For me, sorry. Oh, no. No, for Patrick, sorry.
0: Uh, I'd like to think so, but, you know, they won the first match without the manager four, and then they they give up for the following week. They're a strange team, and United, as much as I hate them, are slightly better, so I'm going to go 2-1 United. hate to say that. hate saying that, but 2-1
3: United. Okay. Uh, I'll ask you the same one, actually, Luke, because it's a decent game. Yeah, Emery I, think, I, I, Ray, yeah. I first and foremost to villa. What's your thoughts on that one?
2: I think it's a good I think it's a really good signing. I think he was hard done by Arsenal. I think that he wasn't yeah. given the time, the backing, the effort, the likes of Arteta was given straight away. I feel yeah. like Arsenal fans expected way too much of him when he came straight in asked the No, asked the <laughs> <Arsenal> <laughs> fans way too- no
3: I won't have it said.
2: Exactly. And uh yeah, and you know, and then you know he's done well. He's, he's done very well at the likes of Sevilla, Sevilla, yeah, and uh, Villarreal, and Villarreal as well. Yeah, yeah he loves yep. winning the uh, Europa League, doesn't he? So uh, yes, he does. I think he'll be good. I think he'll be defensive, but yeah, you know, I reckon he could get a draw, one all.
3: I actually put this one down a two-one Villa win personally because I was not impressed Ooh. with Manchester United at all in the week. Uh, okay, I would. I I just think that they're starting to get a bit battle warm. Um. They're in a good spot in the league, but they're um volume of games. Volume of games catches yeah. up with everyone. Gonna and catch up with them for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think Emre when he gets settled in at Villa, they'll be a top side to play against because yeah. they have got a decent squad. Matt, um Southampton against Newcastle. Ooh. I think
1: it's gonna be Two nothing win for Newcastle. My preseason prediction of Southampton getting relegated looked silly for a couple of weeks, but they are in 17th. That's dangerously close to relegation yeah. form. Yeah, I the Ralph, Alpine Klopp is gonna be uh out. Ralph before. has been there
3: four years this week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
3: Four years. That, that's outrageous.
1: That How is you outrageous. Survive Two nine nils. That's like the woman that was on the. She was on the what? The Titanic and then the Lusitania. Like you got stuff <laughs> luck. You're able to survive those two disasters. Like
3: very good, very good. That's great. <laughs> oh damn, we That's it. We've covered them all. Um, last but not least, um, the GoFundMe in the uh, description for Lydia. I checked it out today. It was on three thousand six hundred euro. Nice. Uh,
1: the target yeah. is.
3: The target is 5,000 for to get. uh, Matt, you might have to help me out with the condition. It's
1: endometriosis. Endometriosis. But not just like endometriosis is normally something that just affects the reproductive organs. And in Lydia's case, she has it in all of her organs. All of her organs. So like it's it's just an absolutely horrific case. And I mean, for a girl of 17 to have to be dealing with something that debilitating is awful. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, 5,000 is, is nothing, you know, the charity drives we've done on this channel in the past have been, you know, leagues past 5,000 yeah. euros. So I'm, I'm delighted to see that that number is just clipping. It,
3: up. It is firing up since we, we started this, what, three weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, Not even is, I think two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It is flying. Yeah. And hopefully we can get this one, get Lydia's drive done get it boxed off before Christmas and her family can start to prepare because it's the physical pain that she's in is one thing the mental pain I know from having my youngest is 18 and you know she comes out after dinner tonight So, like, dad me and my boyfriend we're just going down to the pub for an hour back in a bit Lydia can't do that you know she can't go out with her mates she can't right. she's studying for A levels and it's it's tough it's tough going look the link is in the description the link is also on all of our socials if you can donate please do if you can't we know times are hard look this living this uh, cost of living crisis is not unique to ireland or the uk but if you can donate fantastic if you can't just copy paste share it onto your socials put it into your whatsapps and let people read the story and make their own mind up. You never know who's who's watching. And the thing is, it's a really common condition. A lot of people suffer, have suffered or they know someone who suffered from it. So you never know who you'll reach just by sharing it. And it's the fivers and tenors that'll get us there. I promise.
1: Yeah. And probably a lot more people than you would ever imagine would have yeah. it just because of kind of the taboo and embarrassment around talking about something that's, you know, to do with a woman's uterus sort of thing. It's not yeah. casual conversation and a lot. So you never yeah. know who you're going to hit on the social media by sharing that along and, we'll uh, we'll get Lydia to her target in no time flat yeah,
3: exactly listen we just want
0: to thank Patrick and Luke for coming on Patrick where can people find you so I'm part of the back of the nest crew so back we do podcasts we're also on YouTube so check us out when you get the opportunity yeah. appreciate you having it's me ab- on again
3: no problem at all it's an absolutely fantastic channel as well they do knock out some great stuff thank Luke you. how's your new channel going and uh, tell people where they can find you
2: yeah mate I was impressed actually you got it correct right at the start as well so uh it i was impressed you... mate
3: i nearly got it apart from matt screwed me over with the yeah <laughs> last time loot was on i kept getting names mixed up all the time man
2: i gotta run uh... because i did
3: a two weeks the next two weeks straight as well Got getting names mixed up all the time happy me no, no. uh yeah
2: so first of all obviously uh regarding you guys like big up to everyone that always you know donates to to you guys and your know, charity drives and everything you do because it's really respectable you know that you kind of don't ask people for money for your channel instead you put it to good causes and to good people so no it's really respectable and, and well done to everyone so if you can uh donate great if you can't as you said just make sure you share it um regarding me if you're interested we talk spurs so if you're not interested then still join us anyway because we welcome any fan from any channel uh it's called park lane podcast we do a show on youtube every saturday morning at 11 o'clock so tomorrow morning 11 a.m will be online uh, if you don't like podcast, uh, if you don't like YouTube, and you'd rather listen to podcasts, we're on all major podcast platforms as well. So uh, yeah, tune in, give us a like, and uh, say hi. Oh, all yeah, right, that's brilliant, mate. Listen,
3: Chris has done the um, his uh, latest instalment with the and uh, Nick Neil from the Anfield Rap and Philippa Smallwood as well on the LFC Women. The show is live now. It's on the uh, list of shows. For the channel, just give it a listen, give it a like uh, and comment below on what's going on. The LFC women are doing okay. You know, it's a tough start, rocky start for them in the WSL. Um, Unlucky against Man City last week, lost 2-1. But um, Chris did some sterling work with the LFC women's uh, stuff, the content that he's pushing. And, you know, it is a really good show and really, really knowledgeable guests all the time. Well worth it, I promise. Well, Matt, thanks for coming on. How'd you enjoy your Friday?
1: Yeah, that's that's uh, a good way to spend a Friday. The wife's it's out of the house. But yeah, she can't she can't accuse me of ignoring her to come do YouTube shows. <laughs> so that's, that's good.
3: Fair enough. I'll just that's I'll, I'll live with that. Listen, um, thanks again to Patrick and to Luke. Uh, thanks for everyone to chat. If you haven't already, please hit the like button on the way out. And we'll see you guys again on Sunday for the post match show after the Spurs game. Good night.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.